630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. All right, appreciate you tuning in tonight. So we just had a good chat with Chris Daniels from King 5 News in Seattle. That city is indeed getting an expansion team for 21-22. Same expansion rules that there were for uh, Vegas. I won't go too uh, deep into that. We'll have plenty of time to analyze uh, that as we move along here. But uh, they can, they're going to claim one player from every other team in the NHL except Vegas. Vegas doesn't have to uh, doesn't have to lose a player. That was part of their deal when they came into the league. And we asked you which northern Alberta town should get an expansion team and why. Best suggestions so far are for Mundare and Hannah. Uh, Kirk has a good one. The Fort Mackay Muffaloose, half moose, half buffalo. They're very, very big. They're very, very shy, and they only live in Fort Mackay. You can't beat a Muffaloose. I, well, I would love to see that team logo and mascot. Absolutely for sure. Oh, we have another goal in Columbus, just as I peek up at the screen here. 2.15 into the third period, 7-5, the Flames leading the Blue Jackets. It was 4-1 Columbus early in the second period. Now 7-5 for the Flames in the third. After two, Panthers taking it to the Bruins, up 4-0. Couple of goals for Hoffman. The Jets lead the Islanders 2-1 in the third. Avalanche and Penguins tied 3-3 in the third. Late second period, Toronto and Buffalo 1-1. Canadians up 3-1 on the Senators. Red Wings leading the Lightning 4-3. Still coming up later, Wild at Canucks. Golden Knights host the Capitals. Coyotes meet the Kings. Tomorrow, Oilers and Blues on 6.30, Chad. 4.30 face-off show. The game will start at 6. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. And uh, they have announced the inductees for the Alberta Sports Hall of Fame. And this gentleman is one of many going in. He's going in with his teammates from the Furby Four. It is Dave Nedowin. Dave, thanks for checking in tonight. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How about you, Reed? I'm doing great. It's always uh, great to have you on the show. So yourself, Randy Furby, Scott Pfeiffer, Marcel Rock, you're all going in together as a team. Look, Dave, I- I've talked to a lot of athletes who have had individual honors or-, or have been told, okay, you're going into the Hall of Fame. Nobody starts playing thinking they're going to one day be in a Hall of Fame. So when you're told it's happening, what goes through your mind? Well, I, I think the first thing for us is that uh, we're getting in as a team, and and uh, you know we we spent 15 years together playing at you know at a at a high level, and we had uh, great times, and you know some tough times too along the way. But the biggest thing was we did it together, and so the fact that we're we're going into the Alberta Sports Hall of Fame as a team, I think, is probably the most important thing for us. Um, I know that Randy, uh, Rand, I think Randy's in the World Curling Hall of Fame, and. Uh, he actually kind of uh, protested it because he wanted to go in as a as a team, but um, but he actually had some success obviously before uh, before playing with us, you know, with the uh, Pat Ryan Express. Um, yeah, so he, you know, we can't say he was like completely riding our coattails, even though we all know uh, there's a little bit of that, right? But um, but yeah, for us it was it was it's a great honor. Uh, there's so many great athletes in all sorts of sports, and I mean that's one of the great things about the 
Alberta Sports Hall of Fame. There is so many athletes from different sports that are that are in it. To be uh, part of that group is pretty amazing. And I know in this class as well is is uh, Craig Llewellyn. So he's uh, one, probably one of the greatest water skiers. And his brother Jared's already in the Hall of Fame, but probably one of the greatest water skiers to ever water ski. And I have a really uh, strong background in that. So for me, it's kind of cool that I'll be at the uh, at the dinner in May and get to sit down with him and, and talk a little bit about uh, other sports as well. I should hammer off the names here because I'm glad you mentioned Craig Llewellyn from water skiing, Mike Rogers from hockey, obviously, Bob Slay, Lyndon Rush, Jim Donlevy, who a lot of people know in Edmonton from hockey and football, Dorothy Paget from uh, swimming, Edward Thresher from wrestling, Herman Doran's going to get the Pioneer Award in wrestling. George Stothert will get the Achievement Award. And uh, Rob Kerr, uh, former broadcaster in Calgary, is going to get the Bell Memorial Award. And, and it is it is really neat. I, like, I know Theo Fleury went in last year, and he said a highlight from him was meeting all these other people in other sports who, who had excelled. And sometimes, I don't want to say toiled in obscurity, but worked perhaps without the constant recognition uh, that a hockey player might. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, I, th- I think of water skiing as, that, as an example. I mean, unless you're really in that water ski community, you probably wouldn't recognize uh, the Llewellyn's names. But um, you know, for anybody that is, it's it's uh, it's amazing to get to meet them. And as as curlers, we're a little bit different because we do get to play in front of um, tens of thousands of people. I mean, when we were at uh, at Rexall in in 2005, there was I think uh, close to 18,000 people in the final game. Um, but we're sort of that that middle ground where even now I still have people coming up to, and, and talking to me at uh, different places, the airport or uh, wherever it might be. But we're not the high paid athletes like the like the hockey players. So um, yeah, we're we're I think we're kind of in between uh, some of those sports and and the actual professional athletes themselves. Dave, we got to have some fun here. I mean, we've had you on the show before, uh, but th- this is kind of a, a a fun thing that's happened with the fur before getting into the Alberta Sports Hall of Fame. Do you remember the first time you met Randy Furby, and at that time, did, did you ever think you could have him as a teammate? <laughs> well, <laughs> um, that, so that's interesting. I, I remember when I was, I, I bet you, well, it was probably 1989 when, when he was in the World Championships, which would have made me, um, uh, what would I have been, about uh, 15 at the time. And I remember watching him and, and Pat Ryan and, and Don Walchuk and, and Don McKenzie on TV at the World Championships, and I was just amazed at, at the accuracy of these guys. And uh, about, I, I would say about uh, seven or eight years later, I was playing in the Tour Championship in Winnipeg, and I was playing with uh, with Arnold Ashram at the time. Oh, no, actually, it might have been Dale Duguid, and there's another funny story to that. I was playing with Dale Duguid, and uh, I got cut at the end of that year from Dale Duguid because it turned out he didn't think I could draw very well. So he, he was wrong about that, by the way. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I remember meeting Randy at the Granite Curling Club, and uh, and I said to him, I'm moving to Alberta because I was living in Winnipeg at the time, and, and maybe you could help uh, find me a team. And um, so I, he said, yeah, call me up. And, I mean, that's just the way that Randy and his wife Wendy are. They, like, they don't really know me. Uh, I moved to, to Edmonton. They invite me over for, for a barbecue. And, um, I, you know, I was just talking to him about possible curling options. And he says, yeah, I think I found you a team. I'm like, really? Like, that's, that's amazing. Who is? And he, and he says, me. And I just, I mean, I couldn't believe it. Um, here's Randy Furby, world champion. And I'm a kid out of Winnipeg who's never even been to a national championship. And you know, I'm over at his place, you know, just after moving to Edmonton. And, uh, and he's asking me to play with him. And I just thought that was just an extraordinary thing that for whatever reason he saw you know uh, an opportunity that uh something that that he didn't want to pass up on and so 
Um, he actually was playing with Ken Hunka that year, and uh, he actually left that team to come play with me. And probably one of the best things about that is that Ken Hunka uh, beat us in the in the 1999 Alberta Provincial Playdowns to represent Alberta at the Briar in Edmonton That's that right. year, and it was it was devastating to me. But um, you know, uh, at the time. Randy said, don't even worry about it. We're going to win this a few more times. Let's be happy for Ken. And I was so happy that Ken won that, looking back at it, because couldn't have had a nicer guy represent the province at the Briar that year. And, of course, we went on to, to represent, uh, represent the province a few more times after that. So, it, you know, it's funny how things work out, and it just it all started with Randy just taking a chance on playing with me. Dave Nedowin joining us on Inside Sports. Uh, he, along with Randy Furby, Scott Pfeiffer, Marcel Rock, they're going to be going into the uh, Alberta Sports Hall of Fame. We read off the list of some of the other uh, great athletes and leaders who are going to be going in in uh, Red Deer as well. So, you know, who who was the glue guy on that rink? I mean, who was the one guy that kept it together or had the right quip or way to lighten the moment if things were getting tense or things weren't going well? Oh, that's yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think we all we all kind of took our turns. Uh, Randy was kind of grumpy pants, we called him. Um, <laughs> but when we needed to lighten things up, um, it, it was probably Marcel, uh, Marcel Rock. He was the guy that was sort of tasked with uh, with hanging out with Randy and uh, you know talking me off a ledge when I wasn't very happy about the way I played. Um, and for years and years, uh, you know, basically the entire time that we played together for 15 years. Marcel was the one that had that room with Randy. We thought, you know, it was basically just because he, you know, he, he got along with them well and just they had similar habits. But it, it turned out after all these years uh, that I, I roomed with Randy one time in a bond deal. And I just said to Marcel, I, 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 I can't even tell you how much credit I give you for doing that for all those years. I said, I couldn't stay late one night, never mind three nights in a row. And Marcel said that's why for all these years he said he needed danger pay playing, you know, rooming with Randy so that we, Scott and I, could get our sleep to be ready to play. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, I definitely give credit to, uh, to Marcel for being the glue guy, and he was the one that would uh, do absolutely anything for, for anybody, um, whether, it's, whether it's our curling team or not. Um, but, you know, we, we all took our turns. I mean, Scott is, is one of the nicest people that you'll, you'll ever meet, and, um, yeah, we, I mean, that's why we got along for so long. And for 15 years, we were able to play together at a high level. You could, you could never do that if you weren't uh, really best friends doing it. Well, and, that, and that's a long time you guys were together. Now teams often change every four years because of the Olympic cycle. Maybe not uh, like whole changes, but a couple guys might stay together and find a couple new guys. Like, were you guys ever close to, you know, splitting up? Like, was there something ever where you're like, oh, wait a minute, this might be breaking down here or it might just be the end of the run? Or did that never really come into play? No, it, it never came into play for us. Um, I think we knew that when we got to the end of the run that, you know, Randy was going to retire and and uh, actually all of us did. I came out of retirement for one more year to play with uh, Kevin Martin after that. But um, no, it, it was nothing that we ever even talked about, and that is a lot different than now. Um, the, the Olympic process has changed so much about that, and as much as, as the Olympics has done amazing things for our sport, there's also been some, uh, probably some negative side effects to that. And when we first started playing, um, you know, we picked up uh, uh, Scott Pfeiffer at right out of juniors, and we picked up Carter Rycroft right out of juniors, and he went on to, to have great things with Kevin Martin right after that. Um, and and then with uh, Kevin Cooey, but the the idea then was you try and find a young fellow and see if he's gonna you know have what it takes to be great and or, or to fit in with your team. And if and if it isn't a great fit, well, the very next year you you know there's a chance to move on to somebody else. 
Um, but the, the, the process now is that you make a four-year commitment, and um, there's very few top players that are going to take a risk on a, a young player right out of juniors um, for four years. So, I mean, now what we're kind of seeing is all these great players go into the blender, and the blender spins, and, you know, out pops, you know, all, this, all these teams with the same players, just a different mix. Um, so it's been a bit of a, you know, I think probably a bit of a negative side effect um, from the Olympics. But, um, yeah, for us, I mean, it was just a matter of, of we wanted to play together as long as we could compete at a high level. And uh, once we knew that we were, I think, tired of being on the road, that was that was time for us. Well, yeah, a lot of, lot of traveling and curling and not always glamorous either, for sure. Uh, okay, I got this game on the TV here. I should update it for people. It's now 8-5 Calgary with 12 minutes left in the third in Columbus. It, as Oak and Columbus just scored, Dave. <laughs> like, it's just <laughs> unbelievable. So it's 8-6 with uh, just under 12 minutes to go in uh, Columbus. Uh, so this one's not, not over. But as I mentioned, it, it was 4-1 Columbus early in the second period. I'm going to throw this one at you. The greatest comeback you ever had as a member of the Furby Four, because curling can be a tough sport to come back from a, a three or four point uh, deficit when you're playing at, at, at the highest level. Is there a comeback that you can that really stands out for you still? Oh boy, that's that's a good question. I mean, I, the one thing I can think of is is the biggest uh, I think comeback in an event for us. And, and we were down so many times in so many games was the uh, the world championships that we played in 2005 in Victoria. Um, I remember after uh, after winning the Briar here in Edmonton, we were, I mean, we were on cloud nine and playing extremely well. And we start the world in Victoria. And, and I can remember to this day, uh, Terry Jones had wrote an article and the headline was um, from champs to chumps. And oh, we, Terry we were, wouldn't do that, would he? <laughs> <laughs> I saw Terry yesterday, and we have so many great stories of him too. He he actually wrote a book about the Furby Ford, so we're we're really good friends. But I remember that headline, and we we scratched and clawed through that round robin. And I mean, every you know life we had, we used up there, and we were actually playing against New Zealand of all teams in our last round robin game, and uh, and the and, and the skip had an open hit to miss to, to beat us, and he missed. Um, and so we were able to sneak into the playoffs, and then we went on a roll, and we I don't even think we played 10 ends for the rest of the, uh, the event. So I can't think of one specific game, but that event in particular was one where we just, uh, you know, everything had to go right for us to, to get into the playoffs, and it did, and then we ended up winning the gold medal. Yeah, I, well, I, I remember watching that, because, yeah, it looked like you guys might have been out uh, a couple tense moments, but you survived for sure. Dave, you're always a pleasure to have you on the show. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. I think I say this every time we have you on the phone. we got to get you in studio, maybe with some combination of Randy, Scott, and Marcel, or, or all you guys some night, because I think we'd have some laughs, or I would just sit back and watch you guys talk and be entertained. So we got to try to set that up sometime. Yeah, I'd love to do it anytime. That is Dave Netto and check it in. He and the rest of the Furby Four, as, as it was announced earlier this week, going into the Alberta Sports Hall of Fame in uh, Red Deer. I, I, I just want to say this just quickly. And the thing I love about this job is just getting to talk to people, just getting to interview people. Uh, you know, curling obviously has, uh, it's pretty popular with some people. I, I realize it's not for everyone, or or some of you maybe only watch the big events, the Briar, the Scotties, and the Worlds, or the Olympics, and that's fine. Some people follow it week after week, World Curling Tour, and uh, and you know the uh, the Grand Slam events. But but I I will say this: curlers 
are often the best people to interview. We've had Mark Kennedy on the show several times, and, and they often have the best stories. Some of them, as, as uh, Dave had one tonight, some of them might involve, you know, a l- little bit of alcohol. Just a little bit. <laughs> but they do have some pretty good tales. All right, we got to take a quick timeout. Uh, we're gonna, uh, Tim Adams is going to join us. Man, this guy works hard in the city, and he's helping so many kids. He's going to join us after the 7.30 News, and you'll hear from Connor McDavid when we get back. Please support 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous. Visit santasanonymous.ca to find out how. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Hey, I just want to quickly let you know you can drop off items until midnight for the women's shelters in the city. That's uh, the Give Me Shelter Drive by our friends over at Global Television, 53rd Ave and Allard Way. They are taking donations until midnight. I was there for about 45 minutes this afternoon helping bring donations into the building. Great to see so many generous people, uh, you know, drop off uh, things for women and kids who are using women's shelters. And they are taking donations until midnight at the Global Television studio. You can drop it off right in front or you can just pull up. People will unload whatever you have and and take it in. You also get a, a raffle ticket because they're drawing for Michael Buble tickets. Uh, They're going to do five draws. That'll be on the uh, Global Morning News. They'll announce the winning numbers, or you can check them on their Facebook page uh, after. But so many great people helped today. And and again, it's it's going all day, so you can donate until midnight. Give me shelter for uh, people using women's shelters. That's until midnight over at Global. Connor McDavid, practice today. Ready to go tomorrow against the Blues. I thought maybe I might play, but um, I'll just better to get some rest. Yeah, you never like to do it, but um, ultimately I thought uh, rest was the better option, so um, I just thought, uh, yeah. Did it feel like it paid off a little bit today? Yeah, Did you feel, feel? Yeah, I feel a lot better. Um, yeah, you know, ultimately there's a lot that goes into, into the game and um, preparing for it. Um, you know, obviously playing the game, and then after the game I usually don't sleep. So it's, uh, well, it's better just to take it off, have a good night's sleep, and you know, get ready to go Wednesday. You know, I prepared all day like I was going to play. Um, you know, it was only you know, right before I was supposed to come to the rink that I just kind of decided uh, better just uh, take it off. And This being the dad's trip, is it still special for you to play in front of your dad in person? I know you know that he watches all the games, but is it still special when he's here? Yeah, you know what, the dad's trip is always fun. Uh, You know, it's my second one, and, you know, the dads obviously really enjoy it, and um, it's fun for us to play in front of them. And um, they're the ones that uh, put in all the hours and and, um, spent the money to um, have you play the game, and it's nice that they get a little reward to come on a trip and, and you know, see how we kind of do a road trip and um, kind of live the life for a couple days. He's a pretty smart hockey guy, actually. Uh, you know, he was my coach for a, long, a, long, a number of years um, growing up. Um, you know, he's still, every now and then, um, you know, giving me advice, and like any dad. Um, he's, uh, but you know, he really understands the game, and um, I definitely trust his opinion. A little bit there from Connor McDavid talking to Jack Michaels. Oh, Calgary just scored again. They lead Columbus 9-6 late in the third period. That has been a crazy one. We're back after the break. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Jack has been an offensive zone faceoff. Nudibara shot, they score. Oh. 
Marcus Dudivaro took the shot, and Cam Atkinson redirected the puck past Mike Smith. A hat trick for the Blue Jackets forward, who now incredibly has 13 goals in his last 11 games, and he gets the Blue Jackets back to within two. They've cut the Flames' lead to 8-6. to six. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Derek Wills with the call on the Flames radio network. Cam Atkinson has a hat trick for Columbus, and his team is losing 9-6 to the Calgary Flames with two and a half minutes left. It's been a hat trick heavy night in the National Hockey League. Patrick Hornquist's natural hat trick for the Penguins. They're up 6-3 on the Avalanche. That's late in the third. Franz Nielsen, a hat trick for the Detroit Red Wings. They lead the Lightning 5-3 early in the third period. Other scores, Canadians up 4-1 on the Senators. That's in the third Early third in Buffalo, 2-2, Leafs and Sabres. The Jets have beaten the Islanders 3-1. Ehlers gets his ninth of the season. Panthers leading the Bruins 4-0. Every time I peek at the TV, I expect the score to have changed, but it has not. 9-6, Calgary leading Columbus. A minute and a half to go. One, Edmonton Eskimo has been named to the CFL All-Star team. It is receiver Duke Williams, no surprise there. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. I am pleased to welcome back to the show Tim Adams. Tim, how are you doing, man? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to talk to you again. We we uh, talked a few months ago when Alfonso Davies got the big uh, transfer deal to to go play uh, in Europe, and yep. uh, because you uh, founded the program Free Footy that Davies hmm. was once a part of. And what I'm excited to see is that you have not, uh, you're not resting on your laurels. Not that I, I think you, you would, um, but tell, because you, now you're doing free basketball. And, and what yep. else, give me, give me an overview of everything you have here, Tim. Yeah, so Free Footy, if you don't know, is a free after-school club for some of the highest-needs kids in Edmonton. Most of our kids are refugees or Indigenous or have lived here for generations but just don't have the means to play. And we try to provide a safe, accessible friendly place where any kid can play no barriers at all so we cover all the transportation costs we cover the coaching we cover all the equipment and uh up until now we've been going for 10 years we've really focused on soccer just because it's such a simple game where you have a little black and white ball and you kick it on a field and somehow um kids of the group that we focus on really love that sport and it's just like such an easy game to catch on to um some of the other sports are kind of complicated and kind of cost heavy and we've never really figured out a way around them but soccer um you can stand at the back of the field and kick someone's shins and feel like you did something um <laughs> or you can be the alfonso davies and that soccer field can be your chance to you know come out turn a whole bunch of heads and we can make a call to some of the great coaches in the city like uh, marco Bossio, who works at st nick soccer academy or the folks at um, strikers and they can look at alfonso and take him further um but we've wanted to really go with this um, idea of free um, in other sports because free is sort of a double entendre, free because it doesn't cost anything, but we're also trying to free the game and give it back to the people who really deserve it, which is kids, in my view. And so we actually launched free hockey in the fall, and we had 300 kids playing street hockey and uh, had Andrew Ferentz come out and tape hockey sticks with pride tape, and we just wrapped that up with our big tournament today. And then uh, in January, we are now launching free basketball. Um, basketball is something we've been trying to chip away at forever of how do we get kids playing basketball because, again, we know our community is really into the game. Um, we've seen some great players from Edmonton take off in basketball. 
They have great um, support in basketball Alberta with people like Paul Sur around, and Basketball Canada now has the women's team here, so it just seems like a natural way to get kids into that sport. So we are launching our third, uh, this is our hot trick, I guess, we're launching our um, third program um, starting in January, so free hoops for 300 kids in need. Just super excited about giving more sport to more kids and using that sport as a tool for all the social stuff, the, you know, um, scoring and becoming the Alfonso Davies of the world is like a cherry on top, but really we just provide the sport so kids can be on a team. They can hang out with cool coaches and good mentors, make friends, um, feel like they belong somewhere. Yeah, well, well said. I mean, I think I think you nailed it. And, you know, the world of sports is, uh, hey, you know, the high-profile sports, the pros get all, most of the, the chatter and the coverage, and that's how it goes. But sports means yep. so much to so many more people. So I, I love that you're doing this. Um, but, I, but I assume, though, that, I mean, there must be – I mean, I know it's called free, but that's free for the users. How, how do you keep it funding? How, how do you keep it funded? How much of a challenge has that been, Tim? It, it's it's tough, actually, um, because we fall in this spot where we're not quite a sports club and we're not quite a social program, so we fall right down the middle. So when you go for funding – People kind of struggle to figure out who we are, and often social programs won't fund sport, and the sport won't fund social programs. And we're kind of right down the middle, where I really think um, we are a social program, just using sport as the collection tool um, to bring people together. So funding's been tricky, but um, thankfully, actually, the basketball program, we just received word on Monday that we're getting a grant through the Alberta government, through Alberta Culture and Tourism, of just over $18,000 to help that uh, basketball program go, so we couldn't do without that grant. Um, but overall, our whole budget for running all this stuff over the year is nearly a quarter of a million dollars. It's like nearly $250,000 to um, get all the kids moving and playing. And the main cost of that is transportation. Mm-hmm. And that's really the biggest barrier when it comes to sport. You look at all the research in the last 20 years, and people will think that it's the registration fees because those are outrageous, and the equipment, those are outrageous. But there are tons of great groups in the city who help cover those fees. You think about like Jumpstart and KidSport. And all these amazing organizations, Sports Central out there to help with equipment. But the challenge is if you're a kid who's, you know, from a single parent family and mom works the night shift, well, there's no car around. Or you're a kid from a family where you can't afford a car, there's no car around. So how are you living in the northeast, getting all the way to the southeast to play a game? It just doesn't happen. So we cut that out by picking the kids up right after school on a bus and then taking them to their game. And that's where all the cost comes. The bus costs like two hundred and fifty bucks a pop and we're moving four thousand kids around the city. So you can imagine how it uh, takes off. So we're always looking for sponsorship support. And uh, what we do is we have team sponsorships. You can sponsor a team for 1000 bucks, And you can come out and deliver the jerseys to the kids, meet all the kids, um, have pep rallies for the kids if you want, come out to their games and cheer them on, make a real relationship with them. And that 1000 bucks per team will kind of cover the basic cost of getting them to play. So that's kind of one of the main things we push is trying to get small businesses and medium-sized businesses to help us with a a small donation of $1,000, and it goes an extremely long way. Tim Adams joining us on Inside Sports, founder of Free Footy, and then they've had free hockey, and now they're getting into free hoops, helping kids in need play these sports, give them a place to belong, get fit, be a part of a team, get good coaching, all that kind of stuff. He was just explaining how the main cost is transportation. Well, I mean, I, I, I love the insight you give into this. I, I, love, I love the passion you have for it, and, and look, if... If people know your name, uh, I mean, you you work for CBC, but did, have you wa- have you stepped away from the reporting and the media world to focus on this? Yeah, I took a, a one year leave of absence from my job because I I knew Free Footy was at a, like sort of a turning point, and um, 
I hadn't quite got it to where I wanted it to go, and I really want to see it grow to reach more kids like we're doing. So I took a one-year leave of absence from CBC, so I just focused on this every day, all day, <laughs> sometimes like 15 hours a day, right. <laughs> um, just trying to get the program to where we want to go because you know we'd like to see further expansion. We'd like to get to a place where um, we can offer something for kids to do every single day after school, uh, a sport, or even if it's uh, getting into music and arts too, just giving that opportunity for kids to have free play. That's what it's all about in an organized way. And we'd also like to see us getting to other cities. I mean, it makes sense for us to get to Calgary. makes sense for us to get to Vancouver with the connection we have to Whitecaps there now. Um, with the CPL coming and FC Edmonton in town again. Uh, and all the other CPL cities opening across the uh, teams opening across the country. It makes sense to get into there, too. So I think we're kind of just at the beginning stage of where um, this organization can go. So I'm just really excited about what the potential is. And if we can you know, kind of align with some, some good partners, which we're trying to do, some other great organizations that are out there, get a bit of funding. I think we can make a real difference for kids. We're, we're, the cost that it comes down to right now is we can get kids playing for eight weeks, uh, two days a week for $67. I mean, it's, you compare that to the fees that people are having to pay right now for hockey or soccer or anything, it's pretty amazing what we can do with a dollar. And that includes giving them a full uniform and shin guards and everything. So, a little bit of money can go a really long way for kids. And, you know, the main goal, again, isn't the Alfonso Davies of the world, but they happen. And I think there's a lot more kids in our program that that will happen to as we open up into more sports. So I could definitely see um, some of our Canadian basketball teams having kids on them. And I can definitely see some of our kids making it onto the Oilers. And hopefully we launch an Eskimos program. I'd love to have a free football as well. So um, yeah. working on that one, too. Awesome stuff. Well, and I'm glad you mentioned the basketball because, of course, uh, the Canadian uh, men's team did qualify for the 2019 mm-hmm. World Cup yesterday by beating Brazil. They still have a couple of qualifying games left, but they're already in because they, they've banked enough wins. So that tournament is in China next uh, August to September. And what's cool about this, Tim, I mean, Canada couldn't use their NBA guys for last night's game. Right, so right. they had the Scrub Brothers, who were stars at Carlton, like good players, but not uh, the NBA guys, and they still went into Brazil and they crushed Brazil. Yeah, you know some of the athletic talent that I see in these kids. I know I keep like broken records saying that's not the point of what we do, but I I've been kind of sounding the horn for the last ten years since I started coaching in these communities that a lot of a large chunk of our athletic talent in this country, I believe, is coming from our newcomer community. I mean, kids who are coming here um, who love sports, they are dedicated to it, hardworking, play every day, um, play every minute they get a chance to play, and just really have a passion for the game, and then also have some great raw athletic talent. So if we can stream sport a little bit better to give them clear pathways, it's starting to open up a bit in soccer and credit to FC Edmonton for starting their academy and having it running for a long time and seeing kids, what free footy kids have gone through that program and then go on to their big team. And same in Vancouver, you know, we were sending lots of kids to Vancouver and their residency program. So their streams are slowly coming together. Um, But I still think there's a lot of work to do for the player who is not an A-plus player out of the gate who might be a B-plus player and have some family struggles at home. Uh, the coach gets a little frustrated or with the kid who doesn't show up on time or has a little bit of a behavior problem, and then for some reason they don't get picked up as much as they could. And no discredit to the coach because they're volunteers too. 
uh, and then that B plus player gets dropped. But really, you know, if you could have stuck with that B plus player for three more years, they would be the A plus player. Right. I think that's where we really have a huge gap. The system works for the A plus player, no matter what the income level. They're they're still getting through to some degree. There's a system that sort of works, but that B plus player who you know could be the A plus plus, there's no system for them, and that's where we ought to change it in every facet of sport when it comes to the elite level. Right. Okay, Tim. If if people want to help out, I mean, uh, look, I know it's it's Christmas. The people are trying to help as many organizations as they can. Uh, I know yeah. dollars are tight for a lot of people, but if somebody wants to help out or you know in in the new year or whenever if they'd like to make a donation or look into it where can they go online or find out more uh, if they just go to please go to uh, freefooty.ca so it's f-r-e-e-f-o-o-t-i-e.ca slash donate or just go to our page.ca and you'll see the donate button you'll have an option there to sponsor a team for a thousand dollars or it starts as low as five bucks for buying a, a kit of pair of shin guards or it can go up to sixty seven dollars there to sponsor a kid to play for eight weeks. And that money will go across all sports. Right now it just says free footy, but um, we'll get onto the branding change of having the free footy, free basketball, free hockey. Um, but all that money is going to supporting those three programs at the moment. Tim, I applaud what you're doing. I really appreciate you coming on the show tonight and, and letting us know what's going on, that you've added free hoops to this as well. Continued success, and, and please stay in touch. If you ever need anything out there, give me a call, okay? Thank you so much. I really appreciate the time. That is Tim Adams checking in from Free Footy, Free Hockey, Free Hoops. Again, freefooty.ca, footy, I-E, if you just want to lo- learn more. If you would like to donate to help a, a, you know, a kid that might not get this opportunity to play otherwise, uh, as he said, there's different o- options for, for donations. Uh, I know uh, it's Christmas now, so a lot of uh, organizations are looking for help or you're buying Christmas gifts, but you can keep them in mind for the new year. It, it is incredible what, he, what he's done. And as he mentioned, Alfonso Davies, now one of the Canada's top soccer players, was once a player in free footy in Edmonton. Please support 630Chad's Santa's Anonymous. Visit santasanonymous.ca to find out how. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630Chad. Appreciate you tuning in tonight, Inside Sports on 6:30. Chad, man, we've covered a lot tonight. Had Jack Michaels on from St. Louis, Chris Kerber from the St. Louis Blues broadcast booth, Chris Daniels from Seattle about the NHL expansion franchise, David Nedowin from the Furby Four, they're going into the Alberta Sports Hall of Fame, and Tim Adams from Free Footy as they're expanding now into basketball. So the Oilers notes today, McDavid did practice. The lines were like this. McDavid between Chason and Dreisaitl. Kara up to the second line with Nugent Hopkins and Puglia-Yarvi. Spooner between Kajula and Raddy. Brodziak between Lucic and Cassian. Camp Talbot will start in goal tomorrow. He's trying to snap a personal six-game losing streak. Oilers are 13-12-2 on the season. 4-2-1 under Ken Hitchcock. So we'll have the Oilers broadcast in this time slot tomorrow. Face-off show at 4.30. The game will start at 6. We'll have Inside Sports on Thursday. From 6 to 7, we'll be having an auction for 6.30 Ched Santa's Anonymous. Kellen, have you seen this package? I have, and man, if if I had the money, I'd go for it. It's amazing. And I just realized asking you, have you seen this package, perhaps would have sounded awkward to someone turning on the radio at that exact moment. Hashtag anyway, I digress. Awkward. 
from 6 to 7, you can call in and bid on this. Now, this is all one thing. These are not separate items where you will call in and choose what to bid on. This is all one package for inside. And by the way, we'll have auction stuff starting at 8 in the morning. Bruce has one, Jespo has one, and then Jay Lynn has a couple in the afternoon. Here's what we're going to be auctioning off on Inside Sports from 6 to 7 Thursday. A pair of Eskimos 2019 season tickets. An autographed Mike Riley jersey. A chance to visit the Eskimos broadcast booth with Dave Campbell and Morley Scott during a game. Oh, that in itself is priceless. That's you, awesome. You may not talk to them while they're doing play-by-play, but during a commercial, I'm sure you'll have a chance to. Mm. Four tickets to the game between the Oilers and the Sharks this December 29th at 2 in the afternoon. That's a Saturday. A hockey puck, a hockey puck autographed by Leon Dreisaitl and a hockey puck signed by Ryan Smith. That's, that's all the pack. That's, the, that's everything together. That's awesome. That's incredible. So that's going to be between 6 to 7 on Thursday here on Inside Sports. And there will be other things auctioned off uh, during other shows. But if you listen to Inside Sports, hopefully you like sports at least a little bit. And that would appeal to you. So that'll be fun. Oh, what do, do we have these uh, passes as well? Call we number 3. You get two passes to Fast Track Indoor Karting. Sound good, Kellen? Caller number three? It's a fun time. Have you ever been? <laughs> I have not been to Fast Track. I'll have to go. Oh, it's I a have, blast. I have done go-karting. It was a long time ago. It's a blast. It's, it's like go-karting evolved. Oh, so, the, so tell me a little bit about it. Well, they're, they're really fast go-karts. Like, really fast go-karts. Like, we're not talking about, you know, the 15-kilometer-an-hour putt-putt go-karts you went to as a kid. Like, we're talking, like, you know, these, this is almost like F1-quality go-karts. They're quick. Nice. All right. Uh, I think you got your third caller there, buddy. All right. I think we have more passes to give away later in the week as well. All right. I got to give a final look at the scoreboard here. It's a busy night in the NHL. Crazy game. The Flames beat the Blue Jackets 9-6. 9-6 Flames over Columbus. Uh, I believe Jim Matheson tweeted out that the Oilers have scored nine goals in their last six games. Calgary got nine tonight. The Penguins beat the Avalanche 6-3. Jets knock off the Islanders 3-1. Panthers pound the Bruins. 5-0. Panthers claw a game over 500. Six minutes left in Buffalo. The Sabres now up 3-2 on the Leafs. Jack Eichel has scored two in the third period. He's now up to seven on the season. Canadians lead the Senators 5-2 late in the third. About six minutes left in Detroit. It is the Red Wings up 5-4 on the Lightning. Coming up later tonight, Wild at Canucks, Capitals, Golden Knights, Coyotes, Kings. The Edmonton Oil Kings have a home game tomorrow and then another one on Saturday. That's the big teddy bear toss for 6.30 Chet Santa's Anonymous. I, I love these jerseys that the Oil Kings have rolled out for the teddy bear toss. They, they look like giant teddy bears dressed in hockey gear. I, I think they're fantastic. Uh, if you're going to, and I think there are still a few tickets available, but usually they sell this one out. Uh, the team record 
14,000 bears, a little over 14,000 bears, so they want to break that this year. Uh, Calgary gets usually over 20,000. So if you're going to the game, don't hesitate to bring two or three bears and throw them on the... I don't know if you saw it. Hershey got, like, what, 34,000 bears? Yeah, that was insane. On the weekend of the AHL. Incredible stuff. Kellen, great job today, man. This was fun. Yeah, it was great. Uh, Congrats to Roland, our winner for the Fast Track Passes. Thank you very much. That's Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer. The producer of Inside Sports is Dave Campbell. My name is Reed Wilkins. It is always a pleasure to bring you the show. I'll talk to you on the Faceoff Show, 4.30 tomorrow afternoon. Come on, just let's go. 6.30 Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.